a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Last week, 136 countries, including the United States of America, agreed to a global minimum tax rate for big businesses. That rate is 15%. The deal's intended to make it harder for multinational companies to avoid paying their taxes. And while some are calling it a landmark deal, others see some problems with that whole process. Representative Robert Spenlove, uh, also a... Uh, Vice President of the Economic and Public Policy, excuse me, the Economic and Public Policy Officer for Zions Bank, uh, joins us to talk about what that impact could be on the state, what it means uh, in reality. Uh, Robert, this one gets confusing pretty fast in terms of one, what this is. So let's start with that. What is this really? So uh, it's a, it's essentially an agreement by uh, countries in the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. So we call them. Uh, 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 sorry, uh, that, which is an international organization, to essentially have a minimum tax of 15% on all companies with sales over 750 million euros, so $868 million a year. It says that if so, all countries that, that are part of this uh, would impose a minimum business tax of 15%. If any country imposes below 15%, then, the, uh, then other countries can essentially increase their taxes by more than that to recoup that cost. The the, the bottom line effect is, is essentially businesses will be taxed more on their foreign operations. Oh. So uh, the the so it's essentially enabling these countries to to get more tax revenue from foreign operations. Uh, fascinating, and and uh, when President Biden uh, signed that uh, late last week, uh, he said this ends the the race to the bottom kind of setting that floor for countries uh, who have sought to attract investment and jobs by taxing multinational companies lightly, uh, which, of course, draws more of those uh, those uh, companies in there. Uh, and so is there any uh, – what, what is the real teeth in this thing? Uh, obviously, 136 nations, uh, that sounds incredibly complicated in terms of how do you actually apply and enforce that? Yeah, exactly. And that, what's really interesting is there are some holdout con- countries, Ireland, Hungary, Estonia, that are very low tax countries. Um, and they were concerned about how this is going to hurt them. So what they included in the agreement was various deductions and exceptions for those countries uh, to limit the impact. Now, you know, that just makes the, the, the system even more complex. Um, and so the concern now is, you know, what will this do? to uh, the U.S. tax system. So on, fr- so just to kind of look at the timeline a little bit, the, this kind of uh, high-level agreement was made on Friday, uh, but uh, the formal adoption w- will be made by G20 leaders at the end of October. And then this requires that by 2022, 
the, co- the countries that agree to do it have to start changing their tax laws to be in effect by 2023. So w- what does it mean in, in America? Well, according to the Tax Foundation, uh, the U.S. will have to write new tax laws, adopt new tax treaty language, and repeal tax policies that conflict with the new rules by 2022. So then yesterday, Janet Yellen, the Secretary of Treasury, said they intend to include this in the uh, the reconciliation bill that Congress is considering. Part of the problem there is to adopt new treaty language requires a two-thirds majority in the Senate um, and so you can't do it through re- reconciliation. So we can kind of see these problems starting to pop up already. <laughs> oh, man, there are, there are so many things to unpack in what you just said, Robert. <laughs> so so <laughs> so let's unpack a little bit here. So so one, if I'm getting this straight, uh, Ireland and a couple of other countries have already done a great lobbying job and got a carve out. <laughs> uh, exactly. That, that, so they get some. So they're still going to have a little advantage. Uh, over other countries because they got to carve out in terms of some deductions and things that they can offer multinational or, or international companies. Uh, so that's one issue. And then uh, the idea of uh, treaties versus tax laws, those are two different things. Uh, and treaties, uh, as you rightly pointed out, Robert, that, that takes not just uh, getting to 60. You got to get over that. You got to get a two-thirds majority in the Senate uh, to have a treaty changed, uh, is there any possibility or any path for any of those things to actually happen? Well, it, it, I guess it all depends on how you interpret whether it needs a treaty. So the administration is saying that it we do not need a treaty. We can just change our tax laws and we can do it through uh, the normal reconciliation process. But, um, you know, so tax laws are written by the House Ways and Means Committee. And uh, Mike Crapo and Kevin Brady, uh, the two representatives that lead the, the Republican side of the Ways and Means Committee, have already said they would oppose doing this through reconciliation and that we have to use regular order yeah. as a way to make these kind of major changes. Wow. That is uh, fascinating stuff. So so let's look at this in, in two ways. One, I think this actually creates some uncertainty in the international markets for international companies, uh, which never seems to do well for the market. The market seems to like certainty. Companies like certainty. So let's let's talk about that. And then uh, and then let's talk about uh, if it does go through and uh, how is that going to impact uh, organizations here in the state of Utah? Yeah. So and in terms of the uncertainty, I mean, the, the big question is, is this just an agreement or does this have any kind of legal binding power? Um, you know, if it's just an agreement, then anyone can say, well, that's great, but I'm not actually going to follow along. Um, to, to, to have greater certainty, you really need to have the, the power of a treaty, right? You have to say, okay, we have this agreement with France or England or Ireland or, or India that we would do this. And if they didn't follow their side, then, you know, we, we can take action. That, what we're describing is a treaty. So I, I really do think we need to go down the treaty route. But if we do, then uh, then the, the, the likelihood of that passing in Congress is much lower. So then the question is, can these other countries rely on the U.S. to actually to, to do this and get this done? So there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, in terms of the kind of impact that this will have locally, you know, so essentially what we're looking at is make, making major change, uh, changes to, to tax codes at the U.S. level. 
um, that there is a potential because of kind of the way that we've designed this to get countries in that the U.S. could actually lose revenue because of this approach. Uh, the, the, the only way the U.S. can gain revenue is if we collect significant uh, taxes from foreign companies and from U.S. companies doing business in other areas. And so, there, you know, like many parts of the reconciliation bill, there's still uh, a lot of questions. Wow. Uh, well, we appreciate you uh, helping bring some clarity to some of that. And this is going to be a fascinating ride uh, over the next little bit. Of course, it will really get going, as you mentioned, at the G20 Summit, uh, which happens in just a couple of weeks in Rome, Italy. Uh, that will be very interesting to see how that gets unpacked there. And if everyone's really on board and if there is any teeth in there. And then, of course, what happens uh, back in Washington, uh, if it can be done through reconciliation or if it requires a treaty, uh, all those things are going to be just uh, very fascinating to watch and, and big impact in terms of businesses here in the state of Utah and across the country. Robert Spenlove is a member of the Utah State Legislature. He's also a senior vice president and the economic and public policy officer at Zions Bank. Robert, thanks for helping us unpack and break that one down. Happy to help, Boyd. All right. Uh, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to listen into a few things from our friend Arthur Brooks who may give you an idea of why curiosity and exploring new things might be the key to happiness. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.